here with another podcast episode for human design for parents and kids. I'm so glad to be back. This month we're going to be talking about the spleen center, which is the um, center of, it's one of the three centers of awareness, and it happens to be what fundamentalist human design specialists um, consider to be one of the more ancient centers of awareness in our body because it is the source of all of our survival instincts like fight or flight or hungry or tired or um, safety issues, you know. So security, safety and security issues. So um, that's what we'll be talking about. Uh, you know, it's October, so it seems appropriate to be talking about the fears that are that reside in the different gates of the spleen this month. Um, before I get into that, I just have a public service announcement. Um, I just want I just want to hashtag Jewish Lives Matter. I'm uh, very brokenhearted about what happened in Israel this weekend. Um, I it was the holiest day of the it was one of the holy days, the final holy day of the fall calendar in Israel on Saturday, when a terrorist organization called Hamas. Um, attacked Israel civilians by surprise and without provocation. And um, it just just for my listeners' benefit, because I think this is something that we, we can struggle with in the media, but there's a conflation usually between Palestinian rights and Hamas. And Hamas is actually a terrorist organization. It would be kind of similar to, um, like if you go back to World War II, the Nazi movement before... Um, Hitler became came to power was just a faction of the German experience. Not all people were Nazis. And even when Hitler was in power, not all people were Nazis. Some people were just afraid of the Nazis. And so Hamas to, is to the Palestinians the like the Nazis were to Germany. And so you have to understand that Hamas does not represent most Palestinians. Um, they're a terrorist extremist organization, and their only objective, according to their leader, and there's there's tape, like videotape, um, out on the internet right now, proving that the only thing they want is to see every single Jew obliterated from the face of the earth. And even scarier than what happened this weekend was that I saw an article that someone had taken, has hacked um, the DNA data from 23andMe over the weekend and is offering it to any terrorist organization that wants to purchase it. She has, and she's claiming she has a list of thousands of Ashkenazi descent Jews and she's willing to sell the list to the highest bidding terrorist organization. Now tell me how any of that is a protest over over a land skirmish. And Americans, you know, we're no stranger to land skirmish, right? We definitely have occupied our fair share of land in our history, and our short history, okay? But that doesn't give us the right to go around killing civilians and children. So uh, anyway, today my public service announcement is that Jewish lives matter. And if you know anyone who's Jewish, I just encourage you to reach out to them because they are not okay. They're scared. And, um, and black lives matter, LBGTQ lives matter, and so do Jewish lives. And okay, rant over. Um, so let's get into the gates of the spleen. So this, uh, if you're not that familiar with the human design body graph, there are one, two, three, four triangle, well, five triangles technically on the body graph. And so the triangle I'm talking about today, 
uh, well, the three I'm talking about today, and then we're going to zoom into one of them. The three that I'm talking about today are awareness triangles. Um, so at the top of the body graph, you'll see two triangles, one facing up and one facing down. The one facing down is called the Ajna, and that is a part of the awareness center, one of the three awareness centers. Then if you go all the way to the bottom of the body graph, there are two um, symmetrical triangles, or opposite-facing symmetrical triangles, and one of them is the solar plexus on the right. The other one is the spleen on the left, and those two are also awareness centers. The solar plexus is more of our awareness about our passions and our emotions, and the spleen is a lot has a lot to do with our health and our survival. And so there's, they're very different information that we get from all three of these awareness centers. Um, and um, one more thing I would like to say about the spleen before we get into the individual gates is that um, this awareness center, if you have your spleen defined in your body, in your chart or in your child's chart, you or your child would be a person that would be pretty in tune with what they need. Um, my one son who has a defined spleen, when he needed a nap when he was a toddler, he would literally just go lay down and, and put something over his face to make it a little darker and put himself down for a nap. Um, so splenic defined people are usually very in tune with when they're hot or when they're cold or when they're hungry or when they're tired um, or when they're not feeling well. He's um, that's, That son of mine is the first to complain if something hurts or if he is feeling like he's coming down with a cold because he's just very aware of what's going on in his body. Now I have an open spleen and I have not always been, as a child I was not always aware of what I needed to do to stay safe. I would often go long periods of time without enough sleep. Um, and as I became an adult and learned to start parenting myself and, and work with my own design, um, I got into subtle body therapies, and so I don't go to the doctor often, um, which Human Design recommends that if you have an open spleen, you should go to the doctor routinely for checkups. Um, but I don't because I use a lot of subtle body therapies like essential oils and um, Reiki and massage therapy and things of that nature. Um, people with an open spleen tend to be sensitive to subtle body therapies, and they work really well for them. So I... Um, so I just use a lot of that stuff at home. And anytime I feel like a slight cold, I try to address my immune system right away to take care of it. So, um, but nevertheless, because my spleen is open, I don't always have awareness about what my body needs. Sometimes it takes me sitting in the aura of someone with a defined spleen for me to figure, be able to figure it out or going to the doctor. A lot of times I told, tell people, or used to sell essential oils, um, as of my main business, and I do still sell them. So if you're interested in learning more about essential oils, you're certainly welcome to reach out to me. But um, anyway, I used to tell people that I haven't fired my doctor because 90% of the time I need a diagnosis before I can decide which oil to use. <laughs> but I, but again, I often bring bring home the diagnosis and take care of it myself at home. So um, anyway, okay, so let's talk about the gates of the spleen. Um, we're going to start at the top of the spleen uh, so again, it's a triangle at the very top um, part of the triangle is gate 48, which is the gate of depth. And this is a gate um, that comes, each one of the gates come with its own built-in fear. And so if you have any of these gates defined, or if your child does, you will automatically know what are some of the ongoing like thematic fears that they will struggle with throughout their lifetime. 
So gate 48 comes with um, a depth of insight. It's They call it like a wellspring of wisdom, um, but it also comes with a fear of inadequacy. Kids with gate 48 often don't feel like they're ready for whatever leadership or for a test or for a new job or for a new class. They don't always, they, they often feel unprepared, not educated enough to handle what's right before them. Um, and they doubt that they have the ability to come up with the right solution in the moment. But um, so these children need to really learn that they have more knowledge than they can recall at any given moment and that sometimes the, the questions that will be asked of them are actually drawing out information they didn't realize they had. So um, this can be especially difficult if they don't have gate 16 activated off the throat center. The next gate is gate 57, which is a gate of intuitive insight. Uh, one of my sons has the gate of intuitive insight and it, this gate comes with, um, well, just what it says, intuitive insight. So he, at, a, at any given moment, may have an insight about what is necessary or what needs to happen. Um, and he will have no idea why he knows that. <laughs> so it's very intuitive, very in the body. Um, but it also comes with it, a fear of the future. We, some, he's, we sometimes talk about like, you know, what do you think you'll do when you grow up? And he's like, oh, I can't talk about the future. It makes him very scared to talk about the future. Um, he, this, the fear of the future is really in the gate 57 is really centered around like, will I have enough to be safe or to be secure or be provided for again, kind of the ancient survival type fear. Gate 44 is the gate of alertness. Um, this is a gate where they, um, are very aware of patterns. Um, and so they, f the fear that comes with this is a fear of repeating past patterns. So let's um, say that a person with gate 44 has tried and failed to ride a bike four or five different times. So then the fear that will start coming up in them is not a fear of falling, but a fear of repeating the past mistakes of falling. And so um, a lot of times to coach kids through that particular fear, it's helpful to show them how this particular situation is going to be slightly different th than the last one in the past and that's why they're more prepared to try again like maybe they've learned some new information or they've grown or the we've adjusted the seat or whatever you know these small changes that will make it not exactly like the past four times when you fell and so it's worth trying again um Gate 44, people with gate 44 with that, that hanging tend to be attracted to people with gate 26 who are looking to change patterns in order to thrive better or in their businesses or in their homes, for example. So, um, so be aware of that too. People with hanging gate 44 are usually attracted to people who need change to happen in their lives and need awareness around that. <laughs> so um, gate 50 is the gate of values. Um, the gate of value is just, again, taking stock of what do I have? What do I not have? And then the gate 50 fear that comes along with that is a fear of responsibility and especially a fear of taking responsibility for someone else in a physical or material sense, like babysitting or having children or not having children or getting married or staying close to the family unit rather than moving away. Um, 
kids with a gate 50 can struggle with taking on too much responsibility for other people when they're not meant to, um, or at times when they're not supposed to. And I definitely see that in my one son with the gate 50. Um, sometimes I have to remind him that, cause he does babysit occasionally for the other kids, but sometimes he forgets that he's not babysitting right now. And so I'll say, Hey, your their mom is right here. <laughs> you know, like you don't have to be responsible for everybody right now because I'm here, you know. So um so it's good to remind kids with the gate fifty when they're responsible and when they're not, because otherwise they do tend to just assume responsibility even if it's not theirs. And that can make them stressed out. Kids kids that are taking on more responsibility than is appropriate for their age on an ongoing basis. And I don't I don't mean this like occasionally babysitting, but I mean like if you were, you know, 10 or 11 and assuming you were in charge of the rest of your family all the time, um, that would eventually be kind of like a micro trauma. And so you'd, it's really important for kids with a gate 50 to hear like, hey, it's OK for you to let yourself off the hook right now. Someone else, an adult is here to take care of things, you know, and just um, monitoring that with them because they vacillate from like, I'm not responsible at all and blaming to like over responsibility. So. Um, gate 32 is the gate of continuity. So this is, again, a gate that is responsible for helping you to like feel like you're going to be able to continue for the next day or this um, sustainability. Um, it is connected to the root center through gate 54. Um, and you can experience a fear of failure with gate 32. Kids with a, gate 32 often fear failing. And sometimes their fear of failure is what holds them back or um, or they feel unsupported or they fear that there's not enough resources for everyone to get something if they have some ambition in some way. So um, again, assuring them that there's enough love to go around or enough food to go around or enough money to go around is important for kids with gate 32. Um, kids with the gate 30 or gate 28, this is called the gate of the game player. Now, um, this gate actually is responsible for quite a bit of risk, which ironically, on the, it's also the gate that's responsible for the fear of death or fear of having a life that has no purpose. So sometimes they feel pressure to take big risks that result in exhaustion or, or injury because they're just trying to like feel, like if I feel something, even if I feel fear, I'm feeling something and then I'm alive. And so um, I have one son with the gate 28 and the corresponding um, gate off the root center. I think it's 2858. Is that right? Um, and he, it, I mean, everything is a, is a power struggle with him. It's called the, the channel of struggle. And um, so we have really spent a lot of time, um, and I have a whole like Instagram post about his channel of struggle, we really spend a lot of time going, okay, is this fight, is this worth fighting over? You know, um, video games. I don't think video games are worth fighting with your, damaging your relationship with your brothers over. Yes, you might be right, but you're hurting a relationship. And sometimes when you hurt relationships, you can't make that back, but you can always start the game over. So we talk a lot in terms of, is this worth it? Because some things are worth fighting about, and it's really up to him to according to his values someday to decide what's worth fighting for and what's not. But while he's still here in my house, we're we're definitely playing the game of let's let's take these couple of values out and play with them. Is your value of being trusted as a brother more important than your value of always winning at this video game? 
or in friendships, you know, yeah, you might be right and you could finish that argument with your buddy, but if you, being right means that he's mad and you won't get to talk to him for the next three weeks, does that, can you find a compromise instead? Would that make you feel better? And so we really just talk about what fights are worth fighting um, because they, every fight has a cost. Every war has a cost. Um, but is the cost worth it to, for the ultimate gain? That's really what, yeah, it's gate 28 to 38 is the channel of struggle. If you have the channel of struggle or you have a child that has the channel of struggle, I also just want to forewarn you that um, people with the channel of struggle do need a challenge and a struggle in order to learn. So I just, um, because I just got done telling you, you know, to help them sort out what fight is worth fighting for, it's also important as parents for us to step back and let them struggle sometimes because that is exactly how they learn and process information into their bodies so that it's a permanent lesson. Um, I, I have a cute story about, about that, but I think I'll save it. You'll have to watch on my Instagram because I have a cute story about how one of my sons with the channel of struggle learned to swim basically by struggling. And it was not, it was not unloving on my part at all. He was begging me to take his floaties off and let him just do it. And so I said, this is a little game called sink or swim. Like if you don't swim, you're going to sink. So here's how to do it. I gave him a couple lessons and off. I mean, that was it. And then he, anyway, so be watching on my Instagram this, this, uh, this month, because I will definitely be sharing more about how this gate helped that son learn how to swim. Okay. And then our final gate is gate 18, the gate of correction. And this, um, this gate, Okay, this gate is kind of what we call the fixer gate. People, children with this gate are going to want to um, put things in order or they might come to you with correction, like, I wish you wouldn't talk to me that way. <laughs> um, they definitely have the courage and the chutzpah to just speak correction when it feels needed inside their body. Um, and again, this is correction if things are unsafe or if there's a, a fear of scarcity. Like, again, these are all about survival. So it's the correction comes when it's like, well, I don't think as a family unit we can continue this way if you're going to keep doing this. So um, if you have a child with gate 18, just know that they're not, it's not a disrespect at all. The correction is something that they can see and feel and sense inside of them could make the family system better. Um, it's definitely okay to coach them into using respectful language when they communicate, though. This gate also comes with a fear of authority. So if you have a child with gate 18, just know that they need to know from you that you are trustworthy, that your word is solid, and that you have their best interest at heart. That is what they need from you. Even though you probably feel all those things, they need reassurance, constant reassurance that you are looking out for their best interests and that you have their interest at heart and that you see them and you value them as a person and that their needs are just as important as yours and that we're going to take turns here. So, um, okay, that's all of the gates in the Spleen Center. Um, I encourage you to run your chart if you haven't already done so. You can go to my website, www.sashaclark.com and um, you can get a free human design chart there. I just also wanted to let my listeners know that um, the chart on the chart, the data on that um, chart creation 
on my website is is very secure. Um, when I see on the back end that you've done a chart, I can't see any of your um, identifying information like your birth date or any of that stuff. So it's very secure. And then you can also get a free, um, a complimentary mini reading. It's like a level one human design mini reading in a PDF download. And so I encourage you to do that, www.sashaclark.com. Um, I also encourage you to uh, keep your eyes tuned. Um, we have more scary information to come.